you know, I, I purposely titled this podcast uh, "The Coaching Carousel to Annoy You" because that's like a generic cookie cutter term, but it is something that I want to discuss with you here, uh, especially you know, Bill Belichick. I, I kind of expected it. I, I see some people were surprised. Uh, we're going to talk about all the different coachings, but you know, first, just uh, your general thoughts on a quarter century of Bill Belichick, uh, not necessarily like nostalgia on him. Just th- do you agree with the parting of ways? And what do you think the future holds for him and the Patriots? I don't know what the future holds for, for him or the Patriots. Uh, I love Belichick. I love the way he dealt with the media. The media are mostly parasites. I mean, I'm sure, I suppose there's a couple good sports writers in there that like earnestly do their jobs, but like most of them are just like gossip mongering parasites and I like that he treated them as such for the most part. Um, obviously, the track record speaks for itself. He won two Super Bowls as a Giants defensive coordinator before even went to the Patriots, who's got eight rings. And, you know, I don't know what happened the last few years. He certainly didn't do a good job as GM, and everyone seems to acknowledge that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's also old, right? He's got to be in his 70s now. Hold yeah. is he? 70? Yeah, I think um, he's 71. I'm going to look it up while you're talking to you, though. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, coaching is a very demanding job. It's a young man's job. You know, it's McVeigh in a way has an advantage because 71. Yeah. You got to be <clears throat> old enough to command some like respect. You can't be like 25 usually, but uh, if you can have that when you're young, like Tomlin, McVeigh, those guys, I, I Tom was probably in his fifties by now, but, um, but it's a big advantage because it takes a lot of energy to do it. And so I don't know if he's going to do anything else. Uh, they covered 58% of the time during the Brady run-up. You know, during they obviously declined a lot the last couple of years. 58% against the spread is just insane. I think that speaks volumes to the uh, le- lengths he was willing to go to cheat. Um, <laughs> and uh, who knows, right? Like all that stuff, like the line between getting an edge and like cheating an edge and whether it's like his responsibility to be ethical and not film the... Then why would you film the Jets? I mean, the Jets? You don't need to film the Jets. The Jets going to implode for, on their own. Uh, but, you know, the, the the lengths, there's like sort of a fine line where it's like, yeah, I committed the foul and now police me, you know, in football. It's not my job to police myself to, no, you just don't film other teams or whatever. The whole stealing signs in baseball, it's kind of on that spectrum. Um, so uh, I love Belichick. I, I, you know, I'm glad. It was kind of painful to see him uh, be on this horrible team and, you know, and, and well, he, be. He created it. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's painful yeah. to watch like a great be in that situation. And even if it's of his own creation and it's just like, wow, you know, used to Belichick being like the Goliath and uh, it's a little sad the last couple of years. This was Joe Namath on the Rams, right? This is like, what? It yeah, was. it's Joe Namath on the Rams, Emmett Smith on the Cardinals, whatever, you know. <laughs> Emmett Smith on the Cardinals, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. That was so bad. Are there any other yeah. ones like that? Because, you know, Joe Montana on the Chiefs. <laughs> he was good. He was good. He made the playoffs. He yeah, good. he made yeah. the playoffs. Uh, you know, there was... um. Who green uh Favre on Minnesota was awesome. This is Favre on the Jets. Yeah. Didn't but I think you told me Minnesota was after the Jets. I couldn't remember. Oh, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying Favre on Minnesota was good. I love Right. That. So but so he finished on top in a way. Like he didn't go yeah. out with the Jets, you know. Right. Rogers right. on the Jets. You know, I mean, tears Achilles on the first play. I you know, I don't know that Rogers is gonna be good next year, but we'll see. He'll be better than what they had, I could tell you that. Doesn't matter oh, with that's a, a low, killers. a very low bar to clear. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Right. Um, he's 26 wins behind Don Shula for the record. He wants it. I mean, this is three seasons of, you know, eight, nine wins. Um, uh, so which one there's, there's 18, well, there's seven teams. He's not going to go back to the Patriots that could, that he could go to. He does want to keep coaching. I'm going to read them out to you. And you tell me based on, I mean, that's the point. Like he wants to get this, this, uh, this record. So, of all the teams that he has left uh, that are available, which one do you think he'll go? And I'm going to read them down. Obviously, Seahawks are available. Commanders with the second overall pick and three second-round picks. Uh, Chargers with Justin Herbert. Raiders, Panthers, Falcons, and Titans. Um, I'll read them one more time. Seahawks, yeah. Commanders, Chargers. I think Seahawks and Commanders are the two leading ones. How about t- uh, Falcons? Uh, maybe actually that's a pretty good one, right? With, with all those, all that young talent, I mean, winnable they, they division. Need, yeah. they need a quarterback, but, um, I don't know if he's going to want to start again without a quarterback. but I guess like in Washington, they can draft a quarterback with that pick. Yeah. You don't uh, know what you're getting. I mean, yeah. at least with the Falcons, they're, they're going to be like in the, the mid tier free agent market, right? They're going to be in the, I mean, I don't want to use case Keenum. He's really old now, but 
someone like that, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll be uh, a bit here. I'm just going to, but they'll get somebody. Yeah. The problem is like, if you, you know, it's like, if you get Baker Mayfield this year, you're fine. If you get Baker Mayfield last year, you're screwed. All right. It is. You it's know? like Jacoby yeah. Brissett, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I know you don't like Darnold. Um, May, uh, Minshew. I mean, I like Minshew. Yeah. But I mean, a- if you sign Minshew and you're like, okay, we've got Minshew on the Falcons. We're a playoff team now. <clears throat> and Minshew is like terrible. Um, then, you know, you're, <laughs> it's just like another year of humiliation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Chargers, there's something wrong with the Chargers. I, I almost feel like for some reason, Washington seems like a more likely scenario. Like it's an East Coast, old school franchise. I don't know. It seems a lot of more picks. a lot of picks. Yeah, there. It seemed, but you know, you don't want him in charge of the picks is the problem. Ah, right. So that's the other thing, right? So he's going to have to walk into a situation where I think that it's, it's known at this point that he cannot be the GM. So you're going to need a very strong GM to be like, you know, cause Belichick's going to be in there. Like, no, we're taking this guy. We're not. And how are you going to tell Bill Belichick? Um, well, I what, mean, if, if, if his job is conditioned on that, there's another GM and I'm the GM, right? Like literally, if they gave me the job, I would take it for almost anything. Half a mil, I'll take it. Give me the job. Um, and I were in the room, I would just be like, "Dude, you didn't do very well the last few years, yeah, so say I'm that picking." To good job. Yeah. yeah no well, way. why not? Why wouldn't you say that to him? I mean, he didn't do a good job. He shouldn't have to be told that. He knows. And if he and if he butts in and starts to try to strong arm the GM, the GM will point it out. Look, you know, I, this is my job now. You know, like it's you're not saying you know more football than him. You're just saying. This is your job. I mean, if you're Belichick, I think Belichick is probably like a, a pretty wise person. And even if there's good reasons why it should have worked out but didn't or whatever, um, you know that that track record is public. Why would you? Why would you even open your mouth if someone's uh, if the, if the GM that you agree to the situation is making his picks? And if you're the GM and you don't push back hard, you know you're a total nutless monkey. <laughs> uh- our guy, our guy Chad said that he uh, thought Jameis would be a good quarterback selection in uh, in Atlanta. I don't think that Bill Belichick. Let's say he goes there. I don't think Jameis would be his type of quarterback guy who's going to throw interceptions. And obviously, okay, he like Cam, he loved Cam. Here, here's the thing. That's a good point. Here, here's the thing: is that um, picking a quarterback year to year is very hard. Like. It, Jared Goff was left for dead two years ago. Like nobody wanted Baker him too. for free. Baker was left for dead last year. Okay. And Goff has been better than Baker a little bit, but you know, they don't know. People thought, you know, a couple of years ago, Matt Ryan still had a lot left in the tank. People thought Philip Rivers was still good. You don't know with quarterbacks. Joe Flacco comes out of nowhere and he's good. Brissett has played well when he's played and Brissett was terrible for an entire year. Um, filling in for, I think it was Andrew Luck one year. I can't remember, but he was terrible. Um, the the unpredictability of quarterback play is one of the mysteries of the NFL because quarterback play is incredibly important, but the individual quarterback might not matter as much as people think for quarterback play. It may have to do with like system scheme, scheme to fit, you know, the, the quarterback uh, and and personnel and a whole bunch of other things. And so, the idea that like he, you're just you're just a quarterback away in Atlanta um, is tough. You know, I, I don't know whether Belichick would be better suited to going to a team that was like Atlanta that just needed like adequate quarterback play to contend, or a team like the Chargers that has a good quarterback, but the rest of the roster is kind of in shambles. I mean, they had on paper a good defense, the Chargers, and Belichick. I mean, supposedly, you know, best defensive coordinator of all time, one of the top five at least. He could go there and fix that that defense. So, I mean, either way, I, I would bet almost the farm that Belichick is a head coach with so many openings next year. I mean, I mean, the team just has to decide though if they want like the what comes along with Belichick, the good and whatever negative there is, or they want to go for like the the new hot coordinator. I would. If I was like the Falcons, and by the way, remember Justin Fields is going to be available for trade if they want to give up a second round pick. And you said that Belichick like not going to be a second round pick. I don't think right. It's like a first to get Fields, maybe multiple. I mean, if you have the Patriots, sorry, if you have the if it's two point eight, I mean, you think like someone's going to get? I don't. I don't think the Bears are going to take two point eight for Fields. 
Okay, well, if Field, so you're saying that somebody in the first round will give their pick for Fields. Remember, oh, I think like the tenth overall pick they could get for Fields or something well, like that. Keep in mind, though, I know the rookie quarterback, the rookie contract's expiring, but look, he's still in the last year of it, and and or is it two more years of it? But no, but, no, no, no. This is he's he's due uh, now. He's okay, due. but the last year of it, so they get a free year, and he's a proven quarterback that's good, not necessarily great, but you know they can play. And he did it in a horrible environment in Chicago. I, I think like if Atlanta could get fields for next year, that could just be like okay, a so game changer. Say, yeah. And let's say they give up their 25 first, right? That would probably get it done. Like, well, hey, we're not going to give you our first this year, but we'll give it to you next year. I, I mean, you're 25 first and you're 24 second. I think we get it done. Maybe. Okay, fine. But that's what I'm saying. Like the, if Atlanta has got a, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking right now on, on Tankathon. Um, they have a, uh, I believe it's a top 10. Let's see, you know, Atlanta picks. If we have the draft today, oh man, uh, eighth, they're not giving up the eighth overall pick for him. There's a blue chip player on a rookie contract there, a tackle right. a receiver or whatever. Right. So, I but, mean, I, you know, it's a quarterback that's, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, I would say most, you know, that year it was like Darnold Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen, and then Lamar was sort of like in the back end of that mix. But like, there are a lot of like guys who just don't make it among quarterbacks. So you get Fields, you know, who's proven. I mean, he's not been great, but in, in a bad situation with only one good receiver around him, basically um, has shown something. I don't know. I think that I think people would take that in the first round. You're right. The, the contract matters, but a lot of these teams are just looking for like a franchise quarterback, and you you get him for for a free year to try it out. And then most teams are happy to say, okay, he was really good. That free year will pay him, you know, 35, 40 million so, or whatever. So I just looking at some mock drafts online now, you know, a million things change, right? So, but right, right now the eighth pick, um, your favorite quarterback from Washington, Michael Penix. Oh, 12 well, inch, 12 inch. He could be taken there. I mean, he's not projected to go in the top five. But, I mean, it's a huge risk. You know, he could, he could be great. He could be a total bust. I mean, it, he can, Penix could bust. He could boss. Yes, he could. He could. Yeah. Um, he, could he could deflate. He could shrink under pressure. Yeah, that's right. He could shrink under pressure. Um, uh, so I'm better at this. I'm getting better. Yes, you're, you're, you're starting. Uh, so no, but the point is like, yeah, that's a great example. Like you certainly want fields next year over him. Right. And then now it's not just the money. I mean, the cap matters, but like you're committing, you know, multiple years, like say two years to a guy you don't even know might even not even be good. You might have Josh Rosen. You might have, you know, uh, Sam Darnold, you might have whoever, Zach Wilson. There, there's so many guys, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. They could, he could be any of those guys. And Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. That's like twice in a generation, right? right? I mean, even if he's Trevor Lawrence, you're not like set. You're not like, oh, we, we're going to win a Super Bowl. We got Trevor Lawrence. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to get a good quarterback. And so like Fields, I think it's basically like Trevor Lawrence level. You know, I mean, roughly speaking, you know, I, I think people like Trevor Lawrence better because of the pedigree. But if you just look at like in a given game, you know, what are they worth against the spread? It's probably pretty close. Yeah. I, I don't think it, uh, again, we'll, we'll see. That's what I love about the NFL draft. I know you, that's not your favorite television event. Just email you the results list. But yeah. I, I think that if you, if they're going to get a first, it won't be a top 10 or it'll have to be an outer year, but we'll see. So okay. let's just say fields does go there, right? We like that. We at Bel sorry. Belichick does go there. Does that erase all of the biases we have about the Atlanta fit players in fantasy? Drake London, Kyle no, Pitts. I think Belichick Dijon comes Robinson. with his own. No, I think Belichick comes with his own uh, criteria of worms uh, for fantasy, and we've seen it in the past. He was the notoriously tough coach to deal with. Um, you know, Belichick is going to be stubborn about who's practicing hard. You know, if Algier is, you know, blocking in practice or something, you know, you could see Belichick be like, Bijan's a great kid. He's got a lot to learn. Got a lot to learn. You know, why don't you use Bijan more? He's improving like everybody else. You're good you know, it's this. like, that's all, that's all he's going to say. They're yeah. going to say, well, you know, you think maybe getting the ball to Kyle Pitts. Well, we like what John did during practice. And, uh, you know, he just, he's going to um, be as bad as Arthur Smith and all the stat nerds are, will turn on him, you know, because that's what they do. But, um, but I don't, I think you still have worries about that. You, you want somebody who's like, uh, Mike McDaniel or somebody who's just going to like, you know, let's get, let's turn this, let's put the foot on the gas and like run, 
you know, go fast and do it. Yeah, like if Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator of the Ravens, got another chance to head coach, right? You'd you'd feel you'd feel good about that because he's a open it up a little bit guy. Get rely yeah. on yeah, spread it out and then run from like loose formations where you know there's running lanes and, and line up Bijan and shotgun and you know pitch it to him and you know do all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, McVay, you'd feel good about if Bijan were there. I mean, there's certain coaches you would. Belichick is not one of them. Yeah, by the way, Carson Wentz will also be a free agent next year. He played, he had a pretty good game for the Rams in week 18. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the solution, but uh, not a solution, but it could be someone you bring into camp. I think, you know, maybe like as a desperation backup, you know. It's, All right, you don't think highly of him. I can understand Car- why. Carson, Carson, if, if, if I knew it was coming, I, I love it. I love it. It's like, you know, you're like Andrew Dice Clay, and I'm singing along with the nursery rhymes. I love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Pete Carroll out, I think, was the most surprising coach, uh, really. Well, the him and Vrabel, but let's talk. Well, when, you, when you turn 100, I think it's mandatory that you <laughs> have to leave. He's uh, only 71, same age as Belichick. Oh, really? I thought he was older. Let me double check that. I, I, I think don't he's wanna... like 75. But uh, yeah. but anyway, Carroll looks good. He's healthy. Um, you know, uh, Scott 72. Barrett, 72. Scott Barrett had a great post. They said the nerds would not leave Carroll alone. They say, let Russ cook. Finally, he gets a king's ransom for Russ. They let him cook, and he's a dud. So, you know, now, and then he takes Geno Smith, who was a nobody, and Geno Smith is a competent quarterback now. And so it was a great, you should read the Scott Barrett post on Twitter. It was hilarious. He just like, and the nerds, and they never apologize. You know, uh, Pete Carroll was a great coach. Seahawks obviously won a Super Bowl. They were one play with, from winning a second Super Bowl and uh, should have handed to Marshawn Lynch, but That's still, a, still a good coach. And, uh, and we'll see. He's he's old though. I mean, these guys in their seventies. It's seventy two. Like, but Pete Carroll doesn't. I mean, look, he might be. 72. He looks great. He looks great. He looks, looks like sixty two. But he but chews the, the gum. I mean, just everything. Yeah. He's got like a good like you know strong jaw. He he's yeah. he's a young seventy two. Yeah, but I mean, again, like coach. I mean, football coaching is interesting because it, the amount of effort and time they got to put into it um, is insane. And yet you can't be like a kid because you need to have like the uh, gravitas to like boss these large professional athletes, multimillionaire professional athletes around and have them respect you. And so there's this sort of like narrow window, you know, usually it's probably like between 40 and 60 is like the sweet spot. And, you know, too young, usually you're not taking, you know, Brandon Staley or somebody like that and too old, you know, you just don't have the, the energy for it. So we'll see. All right. So, do you think uh, Seattle is an appealing job? I mean, you have Gino, you have the receivers in place. They had some injuries this year. Um, what type of a coach do you think would might be, you know, I know you're just describing, like, is it? Well, I love Vrabel. I think Vrabel's the best coach on the market. I mean, I, I would take him over all these guys because um, he's in his prime. And I thought he did a great job with, with the Titans. And no one did more with less, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he's just, he just like, he was like cared about winning that last game. he, He's just a guy who like is a very competitive, uh, tough, serious guy that players respect. And, you know, I mean, there's a handful of those guys. I mean, Belichick was definitely one. I might be getting old. Tomlin is one. Harbaugh is one. Vrabel is one. And there's not many of those guys that like they come in. You know, I think Dan Campbell may be one. And the players are just like, okay, this guy's the boss. He's not fucking around. And we're going to listen to what he says and we're going to play hard. And we know that if we're not playing hard, we're going to get called to account. And the Titans played hard. They were like one of the hardest playing teams and, and overachieved. And Vrabel would be my top choice. Yeah. If they get Michael Penix, he'll play hard too. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he'll play hard. Yeah. Right. See, There's no I'm other not... way to go. There's no yeah. other way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, doesn't Vrabel to the Patriots seem like almost like it has to happen given his history there. Maybe, uh, you know, it's a shit team you know i mean it's just like not worse than the titans i kind of in the same tier as the titans were yeah i mean the the quarterback situation is worse than Tannehill and well they're gonna get they're gonna but they're gonna have a pick two 12 12 inch yeah no no they're gonna get pick two i thought three i thought Uh, washington has picked two Oh yeah, pick three. Sorry. So they're going to get uh, Jaden Daniels is now considered. He'll either go two or three. So they're going to get one of. The, there's a three quarterback tier as of right now right. by the projections. One, two, right. and three will all be quarterbacks. Right. Most likely. And, right. And you know, so that's good. I mean, you got to just clean house with those guys. Mac Jones is maybe a backup at best. Yeah. Um, Jets backup next year. Guarantee it. 
Yeah, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. And the the Patriots can sign uh, QB one as their backup. Yeah. The other the other just Mac Jones thing, I think, because you know he's from Jacksonville where I live, so I can right. see him backing up Trevor Lawrence too. Come home right. to Jacksonville. Yeah, sure, sure. He's a hero here. All right, so Vrabel, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's that bad of a situation given that they're going to get an elite quarterback prospect. And if you really want to move up for another guy, you can do that too. Moving from one to three, three to one, one to two is, you know, that's all doable if if they don't want to just let whoever falls to them fall to them there. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you do the uh, the Panthers really. I mean, if you look at that trade now, they traded everything to switch from C.J. Stroud to uh, – Bryce Young. I mean, that's just, they don't have that a first. Is, they don't have a that's first. Gonna, that's picture. gonna go down as worse than that's the worst trade in the history of sport. I mean, already. If, if Bryce Young doesn't come around. Now, it doesn't look great, but I'm saying what if Bryce Young now becomes like well, a league average quarterback? Then know, it's but not we're, the we're, worst. No, even if he's league average, it's it's the worst. He would have to become actually very good. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, anything's possible, right? Like um Baker Mayfield could win MVP next year. We don't know, right? But like as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the worst trade in the history of professional sports. I mean, they gave up so much to downgrade so severely, and they would have just if they just they would have the second pick, right? If they just stood no past. first first overall <laughs> pick. No, they would have had the second pick last year, right? Oh, if they didn't trade. Uh, no, I think they were like eighth or not. They moved up in inside. Oh, I, I thought they were. I thought they would have had a shot at Stroud if they if they hadn't. Oh yeah, trade. yeah, but they moved up from like where they were to to one. Right, but I'm saying, like, where were they initially? I, I believe not in the top five. I'm going to look it up right now. <clears throat> oh, okay. So they couldn't have drafted Stroud from where they were. He would have been gone already. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, that makes oh, it yeah. not quite. I mean, it's still horrendous, but you know, yes. that makes it not quite as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's see. Chicago moved. Yeah, they were at 10 last year, right. I believe. I okay. believe something like that. I'm just looking at this. There's a lot of notes on here, but yeah, they were not, they, they moved up significantly together. That's why they had to give up so much. Right. Right. You know, uh, Panthers job. Let's just talk about that one. It's empty. I think that one's probably the least appealing one for a coach, but listen, some, some head coaches, the newer guys, if you get offered the job, you're going to take it. But like, you know, some of the veteran uh, prospect uh, coaching prospects out there are not going to take it. So no first round pick, right? No second rounder next year. I think. And you have Bryce Young, and you have uh, everyone says David Tepper's the worst owner. I disagree. I like David Tepper. I like that he threw the drink on the fan. Props to him. Yeah, you know, fuck it. You get pissed. I don't like watching these games. Throw a drink on a fan. You know, I throw a drink. And I'm on sure people. they were harassing him. Yeah, I'm sure they were mocking him. He's just like enough is enough. Toss the drink on them. Right. Um, real man. No, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, real man does that. <laughs> um, but the point is that uh, yeah, he's supposedly a douche, and also. Um, it, it is a terrible situation. You're it's like getting to a keeper league where like you have the worst keepers and like, you can't even, you, you traded away all your picks for the following two years. And it's like, you're just going to look bad. It's like someone who's going to, it's like, even though everyone knows the circumstance that you're getting into, um, they're going to be like, okay, so your first two years, you were, you know, you were eight and, you know, 24 as a coach. And then this year you're eight and eight in the third year, you're fired. You know, and it's like, yeah, but that, that eight and 24 wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really fair. It's like, well, that's what it is. You know, it's the NFL. You don't get to like undo it due to circumstance. So, um, unless I were just like the only person who should take that job is someone who's not really otherwise deserving of an NFL head coach job, but because they're desperate, say, say like, you're like jumping the gun, like you're a defensive coordinator and you're like fifth in line among the, the coordinators to get a job. You probably won't get a job to 2026 realistically or a college coach that wouldn't get a job in the pros for a long time. And they offer it to you. You say, fuck it. I'll take it. You know, I wouldn't have got another one, but if you're a guy who's probably going to get a job soon, I don't see why you take that one. Like, you know, there's always been that talk about Eric B about how he hasn't gotten his opportunity. Like, is this, do you think he would take it if offered or is he like, I'm I don't know about him. I, I know there's always like the sense of like racism involved. Like, Oh, it's racist. That's why I didn't get it. Um, but I, I really hate that. You know, it's like, it's not, I'm not saying it's impossible that there's racism. I'm just saying that like every time a black coach doesn't get hired, you shouldn't say it's racism, you know, cause there are some black coaches. Uh, congratulations to the based top Todd, Todd Bowles who told off a reporter last year that I had a, a piece I wrote on this because he just really set her straight. She was like, you know, you're coaching against Mike Tomlin. Like, are you, 
you know, is this like a great thing that you, you know, and, and Bowles was like, I don't look at color. Like I, Tomlin's a friend of mine. I've got white coaches who are friends of mine. I'm a, I'm a football coach. Like, I don't care about this. And someone says, yeah, but you know, there's people who are like you, they look like you, they're from where you're from. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, if you people stopped going on about this, you know, maybe this, this problem would more go away. And it was just so based the way he said it. Um, and he was just sort of like, just, just stop. And Todd Bowles in the playoffs this year. So congratulations to the very based Todd Bowles. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about all those games at the end here. Um, you know, every time a yeah, every time a, a coach doesn't get hired, I'm going to yell that it's anti-Semitism. Is that a, it's anti-Semitism? Yeah, right. they don't want Jewish coaches now. Well, know? I don't want. I want like a rabbi to be coach. Yeah, full. Yeah, yeah. yeah. full on with payas and everything. Why aren't know? there any midgets that are coaches? That's ridiculous. You know, it's like you never see a midget <laughs> or, as a coach. or female head coaches. Yeah, yeah, right. Female midgets as well. Yes. Yeah. Now we're getting into uh, you know your favorite website. You know. Um, uh, Alan, Corn, please, please, please don't, please don't uh, air my personal things. You know, <laughs> on this uh, all right. So we were the uh, head coaching. Oh, let's see. We, I just want to go over the Raiders. Okay. Raiders technically don't have a head coach. They had an interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. We've talked a little bit about him. Other organizations are now asking to interview. I think the Chargers. Right. It's like shit or, shit or get off the pot, right? Like you got to hire this guy or we're. Pierce seems like one of those guys in the mold who he seems, I mean, you don't know from a few games, but they played well. Like one of those guys like Vrabel, right? Not not, that played not that long ago, who immediately has credibility with the players and gets these guys to play. And, you know, I say, you know, there's, there's, there's probably 10 coaches like that, that just, you know, I I think it's a mistake to bring in the nerds uh, personally. Like, I don't think they should head coach. They could advise, they could like study some stuff and give the coach advice, but the CEO shouldn't be a nerd right? of a, football, of a football team. He should be a guy who commands respect of the players, not some guy who's like, oh, I know. I really know. I've studied the, the X's and O's. I'll tell you what the optimal play is. Just do right. what I say. That's right. You want the work. bruiser. You want the Dan Campbell. And then you want it, his it side. Be, it, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you want his sidekick to be the nerd. Right. And, and you can have a guy who's not physically. And they all are. I mean, even Sean McVay is kind of jacked. I mean, they're all like these strong. Oh, he's dudes. the real deal. He's the real right. deal. He's both. He's, it, Sean McVay is the best of both worlds. Right. But the thing is, like, you you want somebody, yeah, who doesn't have to be physically imposing. Like, I don't think Mike McDaniel is physically imposing. Good point. But but somebody, and he's kind of the nerd, actually, and that's actually the exception right there. But you want somebody who like commands the respect of the team and and you can't that's the one thing you have to have it's like a quarterback right you like mobility it's great but you need decision making like that's number one and accuracy number two and then mobility number three so if you have mobility it's a killer feature for a quarterback but um it's not as killer as having a tight end like tom brady did in 2011 but it's a killer feature but if but you need the first two, and I think the coach is the same thing. You need to have the balls first, and then sort of like the you need brain. You need some level of brains, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't think Vrabel is splitting the atom per se, but he's smart enough, right? And leader of men, you need to be leader, a leader of, men. of men. You need the right. balls first. That's like the quarterback's decision making, and without that, I don't think you can get anything. So Pierce seems to pass the you know clear that bar, and so I, I'm not surprised teams are interested in. If Pierce doesn't go back with the Raiders, I, I don't necessarily think that's what the Chargers need. Maybe you're right, but I could see him. Oh, being, after Brandon Staley, they need someone with balls after right. that. that but I could see him being more of the Titans mold that they want to stay with the Vrabel. But they just fired Vrabel, so maybe they want to go a different direction, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the Raiders will keep him. I mean, it's kind of dumb to let the guy that – what's the point of auditioning him if if he does that well and you don't hire him? I mean, who are you going to find, you know? Right. But it might have been the right man. If this is how they're thinking, I agree they should hire him, but it could have been the right guy for the right time. Right. When the ship was sinking, this is a guy that could steer it right. But that might not be the direction they want to go. Because, by the way, Aiden O'Connor, they want to actually sink like they were sinking and he stopped them from sinking. But they want to go in the other direction, like sink to the very fucking bottom of the ocean, which is what (laughs) the Raiders usually do. And this is just not in keeping with Raiders, uh, the Raiders franchise in the last couple of decades. So they're going to let him go, I'm sure. 
By the way, the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year. That's pretty cool that it's uh, at that stadium. And I know, I mean, it's probably hell if you go there during that weekend. Oh, you know, I know you, I know you already oh are anti-Vegas lately, but no, I, I go to you know, I've been to Vegas I, like yeah. thirty-five times. I mean, because I was going three times a year um, for years, maybe forty times. I've been to Vegas a lot of times. And will you consider coming this year to the when the Rotowire trip is on? I'll, I'll consider it. I'm I'm going to be in LA a lot uh, less than I was in previous years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like if it's going to coincide with that and I'm obviously not going to fly across the world to get to Vegas. It was perfect that one year, a couple of years ago where I was in Colorado and then my family is going from Colorado to LA and I was like, Oh, I can just stop in Vegas for a couple of days. Um, but I don't know. Uh, but I might, but I, I like Vegas fine, but you know, we used to go for March Madness just because that's when the FSTA conference was. I went for March Madness one year. I didn't love it there during March yeah, it Madness. Yeah, sucked. Yeah. Right. But, but we went there every year for March Madness for like 10 years. And it was because that's when the conference was that we had, like, because it was like after Super Bowl pre. I yeah. don't know why they did that anyway, but they probably thought it was fun. It was a nightmare to book a room. I remember like Pete was like, can you help book a room? And I'm like, well, yeah, but the Mirage is 450 bucks in 2008, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Pete one time, I think it was Pete got, he was so uh he didn't deal with it he was like blew it off and then he had to stay in like some motel six or something i can't remember <laughs> some shit all he's got to tell the story but he blew it off but every year i would deal with it when i was going but it was not it was terrible deals it was like 400 a night and like you know yeah, everything's like inflated i mean it's all demand but this piece. is like back then you know this is like that was really expensive right but now time. that there's an influx with airbnbs and all that stuff so the market you know there's more right. d- uh, supply right. too but there's obviously yeah. going to be it's not fun to be on the strip when it's just a zoo you know it's just it's not uh, fun and then the, all the tables are crowded. If you like to gamble, the minimums go up to 50 in most of the right. hotels. I mean, again, I love blackjack, but I like playing $10, $5. I don't like no, a real playing. man goes into that private high rollers room. Right. You don't worry how, about that. bullshit. How do they survive that when there's like, you don't ever look in a high rollers room. There's like one person in there. Sometimes zero people. Yeah. Like one person's people. a lot. One person, you know, is playing 10 grand a hand or whatever. You know, he loses it's empty. The room, there's six dealers with empty tables. Yeah. Maybe he loses 75 grand in that session. So put one table. Well, it's also to be like, you know, I don't know why they have so many tables. There must be events or something there at times. It's like the um, the nightclub that has the the line waiting outside with the red velvet rope, but there's no one inside. Well, they do that to me all the time in Vegas. I'll go, you know, dudes like uh, you and me show up. We're like, hey, nice restaurant. It's like seven o'clock. So no one's at dinner yet. Six thirty. We're like, hey, can we get table for two? They're like, uh, you have a reservation? No. Wait right here, sir. And yeah. you can see the whole place is empty. And they're just like, and I'm like, why am I waiting? They're like, well, hold on one second. And it's like, they're waiting because they want to send you the message. This place is too exclusive for you to just walk in. Right. And you know, fuck you, you know, like you don't want my business. Fuck off. I'm not going to sit around and waste my time. I always walk out in that situation and they have this thing. You, you actually taught me that. I'll admit I, I was the nutless monkey that waited. You, you wait. When you, when you told me that last time we were there together, I was like, you woke me up to that. I'm not giving, I'd rather go eat McDonald's and I mean, exaggeration for clarification, Yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Then, then wait online when there's no, when there's plenty of tables available. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, it's just demeaning you just to demean you. And you're like, look, I'm about to spend 200 bucks here. You know, it's like, fuck you. You know, like that's right. just not. And then, um, the other thing that I found hilarious is Romo may rest in peace. Uh, crazy ad sales guy that we had used to get. Right. Absolutely... Well, hold on. Explain because that's, that's what I don't get the whole, the no, whole no, no, story. No. I, I'm just saying here. <laughs> let me, let me give you the Romo is not Tony Romo for those tuning. In no, that. no. It's, it's Romo guy... is Mike Romanowski. He used to work for Rotowire and he was our ad sales guy. And he was this the is most my insane one, partier. This what? is my one critique of the real man of the Chrysalis podcast. Sometimes you'll say something and I'm even me, who's a super fan doesn't know the context and what you're talking oh, okay. about. So I want you to start, please explaining context. Okay. That's Maybe my you note. haven't been listening as much as you claim. I to. listen to a hundred percent. Like okay, when you're okay, talking okay, about okay. ETFs the other day, is that my saying it right? right? ETFs? Yeah. Am I supposed to say exchange traded fund? Am no, I no. I didn't know what it was. I actually looked it up once you said oh, okay. it, but okay. I was, well, you know, and I'm in the know. I just didn't know what the hell you were talking about. So I wanted like yeah. a one line explanation. Okay. No, I, mean, I, I will. Listen to I everything. Listen. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair, fair point. Um, so Romo was the old uh, Rotowire ad sales guy. And I partied with a lot of people in my time. I mean, crazy people. People went to rehab, a couple of them. This dude was the craziest. Uh, I've never, it's not even come close. And he's no longer with us. Uh, we don't he's know for dead. sure. Yeah, he's dead. And oh. it's probably from partying because it was like late at night, he crashed his car. Mm. And so anyway, but he used to work for us. And that was long after he was no longer working for us. But um, this dude... 
used to always have the hookup at the clubs and everywhere else in Vegas because he would literally lose like 25 grand, even though he's making 60 grand a year. So he would, <laughs> he was earned 60 grand a year and dropped 25 grand in a night blacked out. You know, that's how crazy this dude, I mean, this dude was crazy. Okay. So, um, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Listen, I'll hook you up with the club, like whatever. So we would get the, you know, he had these, all these hosts like taking care of him because he gambled so high. And so we would get hooked up and you'd get, you'd pass the giant line of chumps, you know, waiting to get in and we go in and we get our like special bracelet or whatever the stamp was. And then we go in the VIP area and the VIP area was just as fucking crowded and the drinks were still 18 bucks a drink. Uh, and the girls still had just as much attitude and were not nice to me at all. If I was just like, you know, trying to be friendly. Um, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like all, you know, for all of that, you know, uh, it's, there's nothing there. There was nothing behind the curtain. that was like this special thing. And so, you know, if, if they're, if they're treating you like one of the chumps, like never wait in line, just forget it. There's nothing beyond that line that mm -hmm. is so good that you should be squandering your time waiting in. Yeah, now you've told me the Romo story and other podcasts. It's uh, it sounds like a legend. It sounds like somebody I would want to have hung out with. I mean, you know what? I mean, I don't want to get into all of it, but I, but I'll just say that like he was a fucked up dude. Uh, he, he, in his heart, they, there was some there was like a real person in there. Okay, because mm. I knew him pretty well. But he was troubled. He, he was a troubled dude. He was a very troubled right, dude. So maybe and, I wouldn't uh, hang out with him. No, I mean he was fine to hang out with. You know, I mean he was it was he would end up disappearing, and you know and coming in at like 7 a.m. to the room they were roommates and totally blacked out and had like you know probably had sex with three different women in that time since you last saw him while he's blacked out but uh he paid for it or no yeah paid for it. uh half and half you know half and half uh you yeah. know it was just it's just you nothing could stop that train basically all right perfect transition back to our head coach um perfect that'll, that'll have uh fantasy football impact uh, Jim Harbaugh just wins the national championship in college, Michigan. He's he's going to be back in the NFL here. I mean, I'll, I'll read you those teams again. I'm curious where you think he because he's that he fits that CEO mold a little bit, right? I'm oh just, yeah, totally. I mean, he was okay. successful in the NFL. Okay, uh, Seahawks, Commanders, Chargers, Seahawks. Seems right, right home. Let me read it down: Raiders, Panthers, Falcons, Titans. How about Washington? He's right down the road from his brother. Yeah, maybe that would be a hell of a rivalry, right? The the two of them, but. I know Seattle just seems just seemed like to jump out of me. Okay, I mean he's being uh, tagged as the. That's why the Raiders are not signing Antonio Pierce. I believe because that's the one they're looking for. Yeah, um, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't like. Sorry, Alan. I don't really care. It's like, not about sorry. This it looks. I, I I just I like like this is all like a, it's speculation about coaches, right? And no, like but we're just talking like who we men. think yeah, are fit, yeah, yeah. and you know. Yeah, I have no idea. That's my point. okay. All right, what we'll do now is we'll switch over to the NFL wild card. Since okay. we talked plenty about coaches, those are just the headline guys. So, right, right. Um, I'm used to the I don't care on all these topics, so it doesn't okay, offend okay, me okay. in any way. Just yeah, so you yeah. know, <laughs> uh, like I walk out, my wife goes, "How many topics did he not care about?" I said, "Basically all of them." <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one is particular. That's kind of stuff. That's like well, you know, that's like that's like the Us Weekly of of, of football. We, we rolled over. I think we hit all the important. Yeah. Uh, all right, wild card. So, did you do the NFFC's playoff challenge? I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. I emailed you. I did like a more traditional draft. Let's talk about yours first. Okay. So it might as well more interesting. So <laughs> I agree because yours so, is one of the big, uh, I want stakes, you to, yeah. yeah, I want you to explain <clears throat> to people who have no idea what this contest is. Just okay, some yeah. basic things okay. they need to know when we talk. about. So it's PPR scoring, just like regular season, six points per passing touchdown for the quarterbacks. And, but the main thing is you, you get points for all four rounds of the playoffs, but the way it works is if you, you, you pick an initial roster of 12 guys and it has to be, all different teams. You can't have more. You can't have two players on the same team. So it's 12 different players from different teams. And obviously there's 14 wildcard teams now. So you leave out the Steelers or the Bucks or whoever. Um, and anyway, as they uh, advance, you get double points. So whoever you picked originally, the original 12 guys you picked, they get their points in the wildcard round. And should they advance to the divisional round, you get double points for them then. And should they advance to the championship round, you get triple points and Super Bowl quadruple points. Well, let so, me ask you a quick question. Wait, here. wait, let me finish the scoring yeah. thing. So, so you're basically like, if you you want to kind of figure out like who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, who you think's going to make it, because um, if you have the quarterback on that team, they're going to score a lot of quadruple points in the Super Bowl. Um, or if it's the Niners, like Christian McCaffrey, you don't want to have the kicker getting four X on the team that makes the Super Bowl. All right. 
So I was just going to ask about the bye week teams, right? Does that, how does that factor in? Do you need to have one of the premier positions? Cause I remember years ago, <laughs> oh, sorry, I got like, you know, James White was kind of like, you know, he was the, the league winner in these, in these uh, contests where, cause when they played four games, right? The Patriots were a right. two seed made right. it to the final game. And James White had the four touchdowns. The bye week doesn't matter. Obviously, you're not getting points in the wild card round, but you're getting two. Say, right. say, you, you you double it right away. So if you have say uh, McCaffrey as your niner, when McCaffrey plays, you're going to get double points from right away because he got a zero in the wild card, double in the second round. Each round that you've had the player. So even though McCaffrey didn't play, you had him for two rounds. Now, if you right. had Brock Purdy as your niner. And then in the second round, you picked up McCaffrey after you dropped some of the guys that got eliminated in the wild card round. Then you would only get one X. Mm. So the guys you pick up in round two, you get one X in round two, two X in round three, three X in round four. The guys you pick up in round three, you get one X in round three, two X in round four. So it's only the guys that you had from the very beginning. And remember, you can only have one per team that go all the way up to four X as it gets to the Super Bowl. So how much is the entry to, to jump in the NFFC contest? There's a $50 one and a $200 one. I did one $200 one. I could do another, but I kind of like just putting my eggs in one basket. I don't like doing the like DFS thing like, oh, and this could happen and that can happen. Right, Let me right. cover all the bases. Like all you're doing is like reducing your odds. Just go with. So there's two, there's two things you want to do. One is obviously you want to pick somebody who can plausibly play four games and get the four X in the Super Bowl. Somebody who's a, like the Dallas. Dallas would be a good example of that or a Buffalo. If, if you believe that. Yeah. Right. Um, but you also, it's like DFS because there's like thousands of teams doing this. You want to have a somewhat unique lineup. So, or at least you get rewarded more. If, if you take Lamar Jackson as your Raven and you take, um, McCaffrey is your McCaffrey is your Niner or Purdy is your Niner. CD um, lamb is your Dallas guy. Right. Yeah. Right. You're going to, uh, have the same as most, a lot of people. And so even if you do, even if it is a Ravens Niner Super Bowl, you're going to be like, oh, I would have won, but I picked up Debo instead of Ayuk in round three. And that's what's, you know, you're going to have to be perfect. Just like, college, it's just like a college basketball. Like if you have four one seeds, yeah, those are the best teams. But like if four one seeds make the finals, like you got to be perfect. But if you have a four seed winning it all, all you need is that four seed to win it all. Maybe less likely, but if they win it, you won it basically. So that's, that's kind of the strategy. So what I did, is I picked uh, I picked two AFC quarterbacks. Most people want to do one quarterback in each league so that they can have a Super Bowl with two quarterbacks getting 4X. Quarterbacks obviously score the most points in fantasy. But I got uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen. And this is a little crazy because they're going to face each other in the second round if they both win the first round. The reason I did this is because the NFC side, I have McCaffrey anyway, who's basically a quarterback in terms of scoring. So in fact, you could argue that he's probably going to score more than Brock Purdy over the course of four games. Right. And so if, if, you know, if, if my four X guy for the night, if the Niners make the Super Bowl and they're the favorite and they make it, um, I'm fine having a non quarterback there. So why not do two quarterbacks in the, uh, AFC, one of which makes the Super Bowl. I've got the four X there and I got the four X with McCaffrey. There's only one flaw in my plan and, and I got to think about it, but Mahomes is going to be low owned because there's only two quarterbacks. So Lamar Jackson's going to be the top owned quarterback for good reason. Purdy may be number two. Prescott's going to be high. Josh Allen's going to be high. Those four will be very high. I think Mahomes is going to be very low. Can you imagine Mahomes at like eight, nine percent ownership, you know, or 10 percent ownership or something like that? Like as a quarterback, you've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got a home game, which should be high scoring against the Dolphins. Then if they win that, well, it doesn't really matter because that's one X. But um they they go to Buffalo if Buffalo wins their game uh, with Josh Allen. First of all, I think, you know, obviously the Dolphins could beat the Chiefs, but I don't care about downside. I'm just going for upside. But I think that the Bills could lose in round one also. I mean, I think there's there's I a chance, you, there. you know, that they could lose. Uh, well, no, not to the Steelers. Sorry, they're going to beat the Steelers. The Steelers I think suck. that, well, you wouldn't, you know, it's no airplane test. It's no mortgage your house. Oh, no, well, no, of course, of course. Sorry, that was not what I was saying. What, what I was saying is uh, the Ravens could lose. That's my other premise, why I'm avoiding the Ravens defense. Right. Or, or to Houston. I think right. C.J. Stroud is, is you know, very dangerous to any team. This game starts going up and down the field, and it's whoever gets the ball last. I don't want to mess with C.J. Stroud, okay? Like, he's, he's scary. He's Joe Montana. He's scary to me. So, um. I think the Ravens, I think that four or five winners is live against the Ravens. I think the Bills will beat the Steelers. I think that's soft. Uh, and I, I obviously the Dolphins could beat the Chiefs, but I really like it in Arrowhead, cold, warm weather team. I, I think that's a good, a good situation for them. 
And, you know, when the Chiefs played the, the Bills, it was like that Canarius Tony putting his foot in the neutral zone was the difference. I mean, that's almost 50-50 to me. And it'll be in Buffalo, but big deal. The Chiefs can play. Um, and so, like, I, you know, I think the Chiefs, as, as a sleeper, um, a low-owned Patrick Mahomes is just – I couldn't resist it. I had to take it. Now, the problem is that ideally you'd want, like, Josh Allen to lose in the first round. I can get Purdy to pair him with McCaffrey in round – you know, the problem is I can't get Purdy in round two, presuming my two guys win, because I, I won't be able to sub in a QB. So that's the negative, right? I wouldn't be able to get Purdy to round three. And if Purdy is big in the Super Bowl um, and everyone's going to have him, obviously, that's going to hurt. Uh, but – you know, I'll have to get Debo or someone like that and then get Purdy in round three. That's the only negative with doing it that way. Right, but there's going to be a negative in any plan. So this one at least is a unique path. Well, if they were playing each other, it would be a little better if they were playing each other in round, you know, lined up for the championship game rather than the divisional game. But yeah. or, or if they were playing, you know, round one, it would be better because then I would just pick up Purdy with the loser and the winner would go on. But the fact that they're in round two kind of cuts me in the middle and I'm like, I can't really do that. So... That's a little bit of a negative, but it will differentiate me even more because everyone will have Purdy. Say, you know, say Purdy gets two touchdowns and 200 yards, but McCaffrey has the problem is Purdy's always going to do well if the Niners do well because um, they throw those short passes so much. Yeah. And by the way, that Dolphins Chiefs game, it's got the second lowest total of all the games. And mostly, I'm assuming, because of the weather. Did you see the weather report? No, I didn't see the weather. No, I didn't realize. My, that. Minus five and okay, minus well, 12 real feel. Oh my God! What's the line now in in minus five? Four, four and a half, I believe. Let me just double. Check. I think that's terrible for the Dolphins that it's that weather is yeah. that cold. I mean, I, yep. with uh, me, with twenty with twenty two mile an hour winds projected, but you never I know mean, when we get there. Yeah, but that is just like you don't really care about the scoring in the first game because uh, it's one X. You care about it, you know, who lasts to the fourth game, so that's fine. But man, I you know it's hilarious. I could see the Chiefs hosting the title game because if if the Texans Browns beat the Ravens. And the Chiefs beat the Bills. That the championship game goes to Arrowhead. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I also like in in that your format. I, I'm in on the Browns a little bit. I like the Joe Flacco. Um, I mean, just seems like you know that's a going to be a lower owned pick. I'm sure he'll be. You know, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you're betting on him because he's the best player in the NFL. Uh, but the other player that I think that he could be a little bit of a sleeper here that's going to be low owned is Jalen Hurts on the other side of it, Liss. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because he's really going to be low-owned and he's a high-scoring fantasy quarterback. That's what so I'm saying. if the Eagles do turn it around, I just find it very – I thought the Eagles – I'm kind of out on the Eagles, and I could be wrong. Everyone's out on the Eagles, but, but No, 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 but I thought they were going to turn it around against the Giants. I thought – they didn't really care because Dallas was going to win that game, and so they were like – they weren't really playing for anything. But I thought they were going to be like – they needed a get-well game, you know, where they were like, let's just smoke the Giants and like, get you know use it as a practice to get ready but for the, that makes uh, them even more undesirable and low owned no i i understand they'll be lower owned because of that but it also made me feel like they don't have the capacity to turn it on it, it told me like oh no no, this team's dead it's not like they're just limping in and they're like okay screw it i feel like this team is like they lost to the cardinals they lost they beat the they got crushed by the giants and now um i mean they pulled everybody but they don't only pulled them after they were getting crushed um and now they're supposed to, I mean, Tampa, the Eagles is what's the line in that? It's like 50, 50. I guess the Eagles are slight favorites, but yeah, I know that right now the, as it stands, uh, the Eagles on Monday night are three point favorites in Tampa. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not 50, 50. Yeah, no, no. I, I was two and a half. I thought when I saw it, but okay, it's moved up to three. Yeah. I mean, obviously it depends on which book and you know what the rake is. Uh, right. So the other two games uh, that I, I, I can see the upset, I, I'm almost like banking on a Rams upset there. I know you like Detroit. I read your article. Um, that I don't three, really like Detroit. I think it's, no, I, I think I would take the Rams. I said, didn't you said that? I thought you said you were I, in no, on Detroit I, I, there. I have to, double, okay, I'll double I back. So. I read I a lot so. of, a lot of betting content uh, over the week here, but Rams, I, I already took the money line at plus 145. I think I had it. Right. What's the line now? Like two and a half, three, three. I mean, you know, it, it's, the Lions should be favored for being at home, I guess. But yeah, no, it's the right line. Right. But it seems like and, and Dan Campbell, it's not he's not going to roll over and be like, okay, this is the nightmare matchup. Stafford coming to get us back and blah blah. I I think the Lions, you know, are fifty eight forty two favorites, you know, to win that game. Yeah. I just think that uh, that I don't feel strongly about it enough to really like plan around who's going to be alive after that game. It seems like a tough one. 
did you see that the Lions were considering having like a a video run honoring Stafford? I would not do that in the before the game. That would just be like that would to me prove that Stafford's going to come in and kick the rest. You can't salute the guy even though he's important to Lions history that is coming there to kick your ass. Well, I think it's the opposite. I think they're doing it to be like, you know, the, to like take the edge off of it. You know, like we didn't get rid of you. We, we appreciate you. Like it's a lot harder to kick someone's ass if they're like, you know what? I've always looked up to and appreciated you. You're going to mm-hmm. kick their ass after that. I think it's, I think it's sort of a, disarm it's just it. dumb. Yeah. They're trying to disarm it, but I think it's dumb either way. Just ignore you know, right. well, that's going to be how many times are the announcer is going to say, and they're going to talk about the trade. They're going to throw it up on the board, which they should, obviously. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's, it's a big important... story. It's a big story. Yeah, it's an important part of how these two teams got. I there. mean, it's a real success, right? It was a win-win. The Rams won a Super Bowl. The Lions got draft picks. They got they got golf, who's their franchise quarterback right now. I mean, it was a win-win. You know, it was it was a good trade, and and rarely, usually, there's a loser in these trades. There was no loser here. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is seven and a half point favorites over Green Bay. Uh, you know, Jordan Love is like 18 uh, touchdowns. And I think like one interception over the last month and a half, something like that. I have to go look it back. I mean, he's been one of him and Joe Flacco have been like two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the uh, since like week 13. Um, I, you know, people are just writing Dallas in as if it, I don't think this is, is a layup here. I think that I would take the points. Um, I think this is going to be a three or four point game list. And I, I, can see the Packers actually winning. I could see it. I think Dallas will win and cover. I think in Dallas, um, the defense is better than the Packers defense. Dak is really good at home. Typically. Um, I don't think they're going to stop Dallas's passing attack. And then I think even though Jordan loves good, he's going to be subject to a better defense in a hostile environment than he's used to. Um, I mean, seven and a half is the right line. I think that I, I think I made the line seven and a half, and that's what it was. What's the number uh, that would get you to bet Green Bay? Is it ten? I mean, ten. I would take Green Bay probably, but I, I don't. I wouldn't ten, feel like ten great and a half. Ten and a half. I mean, of course, I'm going to take it at ten and a half if I made the line seven and a half. But well, I, I would. What's the number that make you're like this is a layup? Like, which one is the? Well, is there it, is no. I mean, you know, would you bet? You know, I mean, at ten and a half, I think you know it's like <clears throat> it would be like sixty forty Green Bay, sixty five thirty five, but. I still think the uh, that 35 may come in. Dallas may blow them out. And a lot of times you see that in the playoffs, like it gets out of hand. I, I probably, if I were forced to bet it, I'd probably take Dallas, lay the wood at seven and a half. By the way, I got the sense that you're not as um, optimistic or bullish, I should say, on Cleveland. They're favorites on the road in Houston. Are you taking I think Houston? Str- yeah, I would take C- I just think CJ Stroud is, the, is, Joe, is like Joe Montana. That's the quarterback he yeah. reminds me of. I've never seen someone scramble around in the pocket, right? while floating the ball out to where only his receiver can slide and catch it 20 yards down the field after like five seconds of running around. I've never seen a quarterback since like Montana. Like every quarterback has different skills than all the greats, right? Like Elway was like Josh Allen, like sick athlete, run it, cannon for an arm, you know, make it, make throws and plays that nobody in the league could do. You know, Mahomes is like, Half Stroud, half Allen. He's got like that almost Angles. as much athleticism he's, as, he's got, as he's got like the shortstop throws and stuff. He also runs around in the pocket like a maniac and finds some guy, you know, that gets loose. I mean, he he's he's got that. But Montana was just the I mean, that's who it reminds me of. It's just wasn't like super fast, but was you know nimble, especially when he was young in the pocket. And he just had like, you know, he just saw everything on the field and just knew exactly where to put the ball. And there was like a game winner he threw to, I think it was um, Noah Brown or maybe it was to uh, Nico Collins. And it was just like the Dwight Clark play in the championship game it was like thrown up to the very peak where only he could catch it. Um, so that, I don't know. That's just the, the the vibe I have. And guys like that and, and Stroud is the, the coolest character. He does not get nervous. I mean, guys like that are very dangerous, you know, when to, to a defense. I mean, they can just... You know, they can just take over a game and, and he did it with bad offensive line, injured receivers, didn't make any difference. If you read up on Shroud's like origin story, you'll see why that he's, you know, he's got a uh, cold blood like, you know, he's that he can handle the pressure. He's he's come from a little bit of, of some rough circumstances. So but yeah, you're right on a football field. That's a whole different thing. And by the way, he scored low on that uh, that cognitive test. It's like throw that test out the window, burn it, never. They're, use it they're measuring for the wrong thing because he has football intelligence. You know, he just 
No, I mean, maybe number one in the league. That's, you know, like Montana. Yep. Like Montana wasn't very smart if you heard him talk, by the way. He just is a genius on the football field. And there's just different intelligence is a multi-spectrum thing. It's not all about solving Sudokus. You know, I mean, it's like there's a lot of different uh, aspects to it. And some people just have like a sort of a, a depth perception, sort of a in, movement in space intelligence. And other people have a, you know, a verbal or a math intelligence. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, thank you for uh, settling all our, our bets. Uh, you sent me Is that, that accurate. I sent you the right amount, right? Yeah. Well, I, I enlist, I trust, I never double check okay. your math. Okay. So okay. that's, uh, that's you're to the penny always. So right. every that's time right. that you lose a bet to me, you're always, you know, I just, I just let you figure it out. Cause you lose a lot to me. <laughs> well, I'm generous. <laughs> I feel charitable to you. Yeah. <laughs> I doubled down on the Kyron Williams. Just, even though I was, about, I was like, all right, let's go. That was, about, that was, triple? Very, bad. That was very dumb. Yeah. Yep. Very dumb. Well, uh, this, anyway, would you take him in the first round next year in a, in a redraft? <coughs> no. Kyron Williams? Second round. Well, he's not going in the second round. Like, he's going, like, pick six in early I didn't. Drafts. I didn't say I'm – you asked me if I would, and I said oh. I would take him in the second round. You said he's not going in the second round. I said that's not a problem for me because I don't want to take him in the first round. Right. Scott Pianowski, we had him on uh, the Sirius XM show with Jeff the other day, and he kind of said the same thing. He's like – if if Kyron Williams, this was his quote. If Kyron Williams is the next best running back on the board, and I pick, I'm just going to take a wide receiver. He said, "Right, that's how that's how I feel too." I mean, all those guys. You know, we did our little draft, and our top four guys. You took McCaffrey, which I wouldn't have taken first, and then it went. I took CD, which, by the way, I think is now the number one pick consensus. You were ahead right, of right. and then and then Jefferson is three, and then Chase, four, and then Chase was four. You took right? Yes. No, 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 no. Sorry, Tyree Kill. It was it was it was uh, Jefferson Either and one. Tyree Kill. Right. And, you know, those receivers, you're talking about CD, Jefferson, Hill, Chase. Um, that's Amon Ra. Go belongs yeah, in there. Amon Ra now. I mean, I can't argue anymore. He had 10 touchdowns this year and he missed the game. Um, 1,500 yard. I mean, he really had a big year. Yeah. You know, these are the guys that are just money in the bank. And even McCaffrey at the age that he is, I think it's, you know, Grease Hall playing. probably belongs in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, the problem is like, any one of these running backs could go bananas. Travis Etienne could go bananas. Kyron Williams could go bananas. Um, Barkley in the right situation go bananas still. But you just, the running backs, it's like, yeah, one of them might go bananas, even though only McCaffrey really did this year um, of all the running backs. But one, any one of them could, Brees Hall could, but the receivers just will. You know, it, it's, it's, like, it's like the running backs are all like maybe, you know, and the receivers are just like, if they're healthy, there's just nothing stopping them really. Yeah, like even A.J. Brown, who's been a little down lately, you're still going to take him over some of those running backs, it sounds like. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they stopped using him at the end of the year. It was really weird. But, yeah, A.J. Brown was just such a monster of the first half of the year. Um, yeah, there's just – and Garrett Wilson even, you know, if – we'll see if Rodgers is healthy. But there's just so many uh, – receivers that can be that you know Devonte adams for half the season before garoppolo fell off a cliff and the whole thing went went off it's just like if you have that receiver that's getting the 12 targets a game like that's it that's the guy you know all right i'm just going to do a few plugs and then we'll you know kind of wrap here um you don't want to talk about last week's topic or no yeah of course what, what you talking about which specifically Oh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh, right, right. Okay, so let me just do a few plugs yeah. while people are still here. Okay, sure. If you want to get behind Rotowire's paywall, rotowire.com forward slash try, rotowire.com forward slash try. Put in your email, paywall unlocks, fantasy baseball rankings are already up, fantasy golf, fantasy bowling, fantasy football playoff stuff, everything. Go check it out. All of Chris Liss's content for Rotowire listeners is at realmansports.com. Realmansports.com gets you everything his Substack, his podcasts, videos, everything. All right. Last week, just to remind everybody, you had a, I'm going to put air quotes, conspiracy theory that um, there was a PSYOP running with Taylor Swift. Well, not a PSYOP, but an organ. I wouldn't call it a PSYOP. I would call it. Um, you explain. You explain. I, well, you know, so two things happened this fall with Travis Kelsey. One but, is we found out he's yeah. dating. He's dating Taylor Swift, and that got a lot of obvious attention from the media. I mean, like ridiculous amounts of attention every single game, and even like Scott Hansen on the red zone would like reference it. And two, he was sponsored by Pfizer. And I read somewhere, I haven't even double checked this because I don't really care. It got 20 million for that. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of money for a guy who's not like a you know a household name in the in the, you know among non-football fans. And then, you know, but it makes sense if he's dating Taylor Swift, because that's somebody who is a household name, um, just generally. And 
so a couple things happens and you know, oh, that's a conspiracy. She, she has so much money. Why would she do it? You know, what's, what's, what's in it for her and all this stuff. Well, A, she just might be dumb. I heard her stumping for Biden. I mean, again, I'm not political in the sense that I root for one party or the other. I think they're both irreparably destroyed and corrupt. So I don't really care. Useful just, idiot. Useful yeah, just idiot. simping for like the, the candidate as if like, right. you know, as if like you don't know anything about anything in the world. Like you right. don't know anything about anything. If you're just simping like, oh, he's done a great job. He's preserving our freedoms. Like <laughs> you don't know anything about anything. If you say that, I don't care what you can vote for everyone. I don't have any problem with that. I don't, I'm not like, you know, biased against people because who they voted for, but you just don't know anything about anything if you're just simping like that. And secondly, um, it turned out that there was a, a clip and this aired on Fox News, which I don't care for either. But with I Jesse in, Waters, who, by the way, I, I think he's a talented broadcaster. I, okay. I, I mean, I don't I don't vouch for any of these guys, but no, I said a talented broadcaster. Yeah. Okay. That's all I said. OK, OK. Entertaining, maybe. Yes. But but the clip was a clip from like an NSA conference and they by name suggested recruiting someone like Taylor Swift to help <laughs> deliver some of their messaging. Right. Like this is by name. OK, they they they. So. This is not like, oh, they would never do such a thing. A hundred percent, they would do such a thing and and explicitly contemplated doing such a thing. And then they showed, you know, Elvis and President Nixon. I mean, this, this is like, of course, they use famous people who have influence over the population to get their points across. So which, by me, the way, is, that's OK. I think that's I don't think that's uh, great. Uh, I think the, the the person who I mean. The, the person who's the famous person should say no, but I watched a documentary, which was, you know, I don't know how true it was, but basically it was called like out of the shadows. And it was a little like the people weren't that persuasive in it. Like they were, they could have used better like narrators. Cause I felt they were a little like, they weren't that smart sounding the narrators, but their point was, and, and their argument was, and these were like Hollywood stuntmen who had seen a lot of things from the inside. They said that like, you don't get to be like Katy Perry or Taylor Swift without permission from you don't get to that size without permission from sort of the inside controllers of who gets to be that famous and there are some trade-offs involved and so simping for the administration is not surprising when you know it's sort of like that was the thesis of it I, again i'm not positive that that's true but i could it's certainly plausible to me that you you can get to a certain level but they don't put you to that like global icon superstar level without sign off from the powers that be basically. And there's a trade-off involved in that. You have to be willing to do certain things. And maybe one of them is this kind of thing. So they're like, what's in it for Taylor Swift? Well, she doesn't need the money, right? They're not, they can't give her 20 mil. It's not going to make her do something she didn't want to do, but she's just kind of on board. Otherwise she wouldn't be who she is. That was their point. She wouldn't be in this position unless she was on board with the agenda. It's just like, you know, if, if you see somebody, uh, it was a famous Noam Chomsky interview. The guy was like, well, you know, why do you think this? Why do you think this? And Noam Chomsky's like, the thing is, if you didn't believe what you believed, you wouldn't be sitting across from me in this position. You wouldn't be working for NBC News if you didn't have the, you would already have been weeded out or weeded yourself out if you didn't believe in the narrative. You wouldn't have this job. It's not even necessarily explicit. It's just like only people who believe the narrative advance in those organizations that are narrative purveyors, either because the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance of saying something that was you knew was obviously a lie would be too difficult for you, or they would be like, this person's dangerous, they're telling the truth, and they would get rid of you. Um, if you're in the chair, you're on board. And so the thesis is that she's on board, and she's proving it you know, with the simping, and obviously with the Kelsey thing. And so now I feel like even more, it's even more likely that this was, you know, they may really be dating, but that the fact that they are dating also went through their various reps and Pfizer's reps. And this is like, they got together in a room and they were like, this is a great marketing campaign. Like, let's do this. This was like, you know, so call it a conspiracy. I mean, it is a conspiracy. I mean, they're conspiring, right. but it's not like, it's not they're, a dirty word. They're not releasing the virus from the lab together. They're just <laughs> at, well, I mean, they're advertising for a product that, you know, in my opinion has killed a lot of people and doesn't, and they lied about, um, and that, you know, certainly healthy people should never take, but but they're but they're conspired to do a marketing campaign together, and that basically this whole thing is mostly fake. That's my thesis. Yeah, no, I I love that you sent that that when I saw a, a text pop up, I said, uh oh, something's wrong or something's really right. I because <laughs> you know usually you reserve our uh, exchanges, but that was uh, I, I was that was a great piece because they name her by name in there and uh, the NSA names her by name. They're like, yeah. we should go to Taylor Swift and get yeah, this no, done. That was and you're that like, was the part that had me on the floor. And I was like, conspiracy theory. It's like, no, don't be so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. what? Why was Elvis in the White House with Richard Nixon? Like, why did they bring him in? Like, because Richard Nixon was a fan, or was because they thought they could use his influence yeah. 
to further an agenda of theirs. This is not this is not new. This is what they've always been doing. Okay. Uh, you posted a uh, two articles I want to bring people's attention to. Uh, the one is about strict parenting. You uh, and then you talk about that on the new Chris List podcast as well. I do. Yeah, I do. Talk okay. About the so I don't want to give anything away. If you're a parent oh, and you're being accused of being a strict parent or not strict enough. Chris List's new article on uh, parenting, I think it's, I'm not a parent and I loved it. I loved okay, it. You. I thought this is yeah. one of your best ones. And, and again, I, I love them all, but this one was really, I thought it was, well, it was uh, just an interesting angle you took on strict parenting. And then obviously you're going to be talking about it on the Chris List podcast. So go check that out if you're a parent or if you just like, um, if you like Chris List's content. Uh, I got one story from you from last night. You know, I, uh, this, this is totally uh, brainless story, but I, I just thought that maybe, maybe it's not a good one. I don't know. I referee basketball, high school basketball last night. There was a first for me, uh, girls varsity game. There's a, uh, one of their, their like big players, their post players, big girl. Um, she's dominating the game. You know, they can't stop her on the block two minutes into the second quarter. I just see her put her hands on her hips, lean over, throws up the most throw up I've ever seen on oh. the basketball court, <laughs> on the basketball court to right. the point where I'm like, Oh my God, it was like pools of vomit. I've never seen it like this. So obviously game delayed. And then the poor AD, he's calling for maintenance. Maintenance has gone home for the rest of the night. Ugh. So he sits there. He's got to take the towel, uh-huh. right? He puts it on top and just like kind of gathering the vibe. I, I just, ne- I was ready to call the game. And obviously uh-huh. the rest of the game, I don't go anywhere near that spot. Right, right, right. No, you know, but I never oh, saw man. anything like this in a high school game. I've seen it on the football field. I've never seen it on a basketball uh, court. She's okay though. She didn't like nothing. Oh, she came back in the game. Real man. Okay. Real okay. woman. <laughs> Real woman, yeah. Yeah, she sat out like two plays and was back, uh, you know? Okay. My guess, and by the way, the reason I'm even thought of this story was because you talk about sugary snacks in, in your parenting article. Yeah. My guess is that- She ate a bunch of Snickers bars before the game. Yeah. Hot chips, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think like nutrition is such, when you talk about like feeding your kids nutritionally, I guarantee you, based on where I was and you know the low income level and the edu- right. and lack of nutrition education in this particular school, Maybe I'm making a leap, but my guess was that she was not nutritionally eating some garbage and and got sick. Yeah, Yeah, because I yeah. Yeah. So that was the connection between the two pieces. That's all. Made me think of a story that's not suitable for this podcast, but I'll tell you uh, off. Tell me. Okay. All right. And if it is suitable, by the way, when he tells me off air, we'll bring it back next week. All right, everybody. That's it. Uh, We'll be back next Thursday at 930 to recap some uh, wild card stuff. Give our thoughts. Maybe uh, some of the eliminated teams we'll talk about for fantasy football next year. And then we'll preview some of the divisional games, that and a whole lot more. We'll see you next week on another fantasy football podcast.